1: Yes, yes. Welcome to the Tim McKernan Show podcast from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. It is November first, two thousand twenty-two. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan, and sitting in these HomeLoanExpert.com studios with me is Action Jackson. Jackson, tell me all about it.
2: Oh
3: well, couldn't
1: be any more open-ended than that,
3: right? I know so so open-ended,
1: so much going on.
3: Like There's so much going
1: on. You're consumed by the Steve Nash termination, and you're deciding whether or not to talk about it on this podcast, well, and then have me have somebody come in here and edit it out.
3: <laughs> right, because you'd have, you'd have to outsource that. Yep. Um, yeah, because
1: I can't do it. You know, Jackson does a podcast with me, but he brought up Steve Nash for about nine minutes, and audience killer. I don't want to be disrespectful to look at you coming and use the shears because I don't know how to do it.
3: <laughs> yeah, very politely. <laughs> Hat in hand, ask somebody. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I, I woke up
3: this morning with the terrible, terrible news of the loss of Takeoff, one-third of me goes, which is brutal. We didn't tend to that on TMA, I know, but I, I, I had a
1: feeling that my cohorts in the studio probably weren't familiar with his work. Yeah,
3: and wouldn't be too sensitive to the issue.
1: That also, I thought, might be a possibility where I know some members of the audience would be really upset about it, and I thought probably best not to bring it up. That was the uh, internal monologue.
3: Right, and I think that was a wise move. But yeah, I woke up this morning to the loss of Takeoff, who I I really enjoyed Migo's music, but him specifically, which is a brutal, brutal, because he's such a quiet, from what everyone says, a very nice human being. So that sucked. And then I... I go use the what do you call it, Tim? The little
1: wizards room. Little wizards. Down, that's yeah, actually little,
3: correct. Right, the little wizards room down the hall. And I just look at my phone, and there's shams and woes right next to each other, saying Steve Nash has been fired. Here from we the go. Nets. Here comes
1: ten minutes of this shit.
3: Eli Drinkwitz is on the podium. I mean, what's he talking about? Uh, the eleven a.m. kickoff. I don't know. Probably. Universe. Is that right? Yeah. He's like, it's tough to crack your first beer at 10 You going? You going to the game? Uh, uh-uh. no. Eleven a.m.
1: kick. No. No. I not for t- me. Anna Marie's Got all this stuff going on. You oh, think about it? You no, know, no. I, I forgot. Jameson's, getting, he's doing the Little Blues thing. And oh, his, fir- nice. his first one is uh, awesome. this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. I am looking for, I can't tell you how much I enjoy that. Not because I'm on, you know, the ice side or any sidelines. Right. I lay back. I, I, I'd like to think I'd lay back even if I, you know, didn't have this whatever weird job. But because of the weird job, I'm even more aware of it. Mm-hmm. You know? And, but taking that all of the equation doesn't matter i love like he has like we're going to just go hit golf balls today That's awesome. i can't tell you how much i love it i don't know if i would have loved it 15 years ago i don't know well, i'm sure you would I don't think I would. I don't think I would have been in as, as at peace with it. Sure, I think is the best way to describe. I think yeah. I would have loved it, but I would have been like, I still want to go out and be right. at the. I think I would have still want to been at the tag, stag bar. I don't know. It would
3: save me a lot of money. Right. <laughs> yeah. We once mentioned the title of one of these QFTAs was once I used to travel a lot of money at the stag.
1: Oh, and it's the truth. <laughs> alarming, alarming yeah. amounts. Uh, we have. I'm. I'm telling you here, Jackson, the QFTA. I don't check the downloads. Mm-hmm. I have no idea, honestly, what's going on. I see the downloads overall
2: mm-hmm.
1: for the Hubbard shows all over the country, not just uh, not just in St. Louis, and this nitwit podcast, along with our Nitwit 101 show, <laughs> in which Jackson might be the biggest heel in 101 ESPN
3: history. I, ha- I can
1: imagine. Like, who bigger. could possibly... It's unbelievable. Uh, and today, when even. I think he went even darker The Blues are in the midst of this as we're talking. Five game losing streak. Fans are irate. I'm legitimately like, holy shit. Like, for me to be like, whoa, what's going on in October hockey? Uh, Now November. And texting with Jeremy Rutherford and some friends of mine who, you know, are very close to it and follow it, you know, incredibly closely. And now I'm engaged in these. And then Jackson just goes, no, I didn't watch it. And I go, yeah, trick or treating. No, I was watching the end of white lotus and white then watch some basketball and I'm like yep. oh my god yeah, I'm, and I'm, then it then it just came raining down on him
3: right i'm like i'm i'm so out of the like the thing where i like say i watch like it's it's,
1: it's i love it though right. you are going to be if you want to be and i'm not saying it's that we were just talking about my personality flaws <laughs> and that i am never happy and by never happy i don't mean never never happy i mean i am always wanting more i'm right. not satisfied right right i'm not sassified. um you are going to be lethal because you have observed and then acquired some of the deadly superhero traits that usually come with years of being beaten down. <laughs> and now you have it at 24 years old, plus you know the importance of sales. Yeah. And that usually takes years or some people never even get it. Right. Uh, you're just going to be deadly. I appreciate You're going to be that. deadly. If you want to be deadly... I'm gonna buy up some stock, and you again. You're not gonna own a piece of yourself, but
3: that's fine. That's fine. I'll outsource myself. Do you want
1: to be doing this in 20 years? Uh, I would love to do. um, I'll be Doug's age. You'll be my age.
3: Yeah, I would love to keep doing this. I would like to like kind of branch out and like. Find my own kind of niche, in a sense, but still do everything. Oh, you are going solo?
1: Now. It's time to go no, solo. No, no,
3: never, never. Wow, look at this. I'm team first mentality. All I saw
1: it coming. That's why I went solo. Ice Cube, 1991, no Vaseline. no Vaseline. Is that potentially the greatest diss track of all time? Go. It's
3: up there. It's up there. Certainly of of
2: the 90s hip hop era. I
3: think um, there's been some good ones. Drake on Meek Mill, I think people would think in the recency bias, but yeah, the no Vaseline, that like beat never stops and he just keeps going. Oh
1: my God. He was a banty little rooster for that. Yeah.
3: His son was so good as him and straight out Compton. Like,
1: 2017?
3: Real... Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Oh, no. 2015. 2015. Okay. Fair I'll move all my action on 2015, but yeah, he was outstanding. Um, not never like I've always team first team. 2015. Tip of the cap. Thank you. I'm good with years and movies. Um, together, not years separately. But uh, the I would never, like, branch out. I loved doing TMA. I would love to do it forever. Sounds like
1: you're ready to move on. No,
3: no, 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 but I would um, like—
1: This is a good time for people to start, just like you, sending your applications. No, <laughs> no. It's like no, we're going to no. have a vacancy.
3: No, 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 no. I am very, very happy doing what I do with TMA and Balloon Party. I love both, and this podcast. Uh, but, like, one day I'd like to—
1: What do you rank the order or you enjoy them? <laughs>
3: uh, all right. Uh, TMA. I think I know. TMA one, uh, this podcast two, and Bloom Party three, mm-hmm. and it's really only because I have to run the board on Bloom Party, so there's like an element of stress involved to it. Yeah, that would that be I, it. that I don't. What about have? the fact that Riz runs
1: his own board That's while crazy. doing a show that yeah. has like a billion share.
3: That's nuts. There was times where like uh, when you were uh, in Hilton Head, and Jennings had to run out for whatever reason, so there was a time where I was running point doing what I normally do every day and running the board and I was like oh my god I was like I I felt like the one of those bands with the drum on on the stomach (laughs) and the harmonica you know in their mouth like I was like okay I can't do all of this (laughs) this is gonna get brutal here in a second uh because plowsy was also out that's right Uh, plowsy was in Montana uh so I wouldn't I wow I I love it's crazy that Riz does that because that's Unbelievable. But like one And day, wouldn't have it
1: any other way, by the way. Right, which
3: is, you know, a credit to him and his uh his like ability to see those things. Like see that he needs to do that and learn yeah. how to do it. That's a big credit to him. But like one day, and this is being dead serious, I would love, love to do like a semi serious basketball podcast. I would love to an opportunity to just, like, shoot the shit. So
1: that's one for me, one for them, Vinny Chase. Right, right. You recognize that's not going to necessarily be... (laughs) So the balloon party's Aquaman.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And my podcast, this basketball podcast, would certainly be Medellin. That's Medellin. I hope it would be received better. Right. Um, But... That's yeah. That's definitely a one for me kind of thing. Do you
1: have your co-host in mind for the basketball podcast?
3: No, I would need one though. Rock would be a good. No, I was about to, to say. I thought it with, might be Rockio. Love to do one with Rockio. He has a, currently he does a, pod, a basketball podcast with Bob Ramsey. Yeah, he does the Billikins thing. Yep, yeah, um, which I love that he does that. But yeah, Rockio in the building right now. But if someone were to come along and I'd work with them. I just, I couldn't do it alone. That's yeah, it's crazy to me that some people can like do a podcast completely by themselves. Like Ryan Russillo does one basically completely by, by himself. himself. Yeah.
1: What about the fact that back when I started QFTA, now the first episode I think included the Plowhawk and Iggy, if right. I'm not mistaken. Right. And then the Plowhawk started running the board for Frank Frank yeah. Cusimano after our show and when we were at KFNS. So he was out. Iggy didn't have a whole lot of enthusiasm for <laughs> continuing it, uh, and he's matched that enthusiasm with Pepper and Jeannie. Right. And so it wound up and then Seymour didn't talk. Right. And had no interest in talking. Mm-hmm. And so it just became a thing where I would just sit in the studio and talk by myself for like hours. <laughs> and then I and then it got to a point where I'm like, hey, I'll just do QFTA. And I think some of it was during the pandemic, so it was gangster Pete. And I would just do it just like from my basement and with this this like, uh, recorder. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I'd just be down in the basement, but that's how I that's how Sound Story was born by myself in the basement.
3: Wow. It,
1: it's unbelievable. It's it's fucking weird though. <laughs> well I think it's I I don't think I, I always say this, but I mean it. It's not, I think some people are like, oh, you're being self-deprecating or being modest, which obviously isn't my bag. But I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's I don't think it's how most human beings function. Like it's not like, oh, that's so impressive that you can do that. It's, wow, that's a little fucking odd that you can do that. Do you see what I'm saying?
3: Right. Well, the way I see, like, the way you do it, because I've seen it, is, like, you. you, if you get on a topic, it's like uh, a street in San Francisco. There's a big downhill, and you catch Mm -hmm. a topic, and then you start running downhill, and it's- And And then it's zigging and zagging like Lombard Street. Right, right, and you can't. You know, you can only stop running once you reach the bottom of the hill. So it's like...
1: But then somehow I find another hill that then I go oh, down yeah, on yeah. and it has nothing oh. to do with the hill that we were just on.
3: No, and you never climb back. <laughs> never. The, 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 and the, and the, I don't <laughs> even
1: know. Like, I started this, this whole train of thought where I'm like, I'm buying stock on you. Like, I like to try to find... It's like there's a map. Yeah. How do we get on this? Yeah. The downloads on this podcast. That's how we got there. Right. And I said... I don't know what's going on but we're getting more emails for QFTA so perhaps it's coincidentally I don't know and back to back weeks erotic story right which is outstanding that to me you know that's the I think Joe Rogan probably knew he had something when he had back to back weeks of erotic stories sent in 100%
3: yeah, yeah
1: that that was the moment and and I have to tell you in addition it's a it's a diversified set of topics You'll be happy to hear this. Esteban Yan has returned. Oh wow! The sweat, I mean, this the is man. This is a special edition yeah, this of could, QFTA. This be very special. And uh, and good news for Jackson is in an hour and twenty-one minutes. I know I have to be in a sales meeting, so there's a hard out. So everything you dream of is happening with today's podcast.
3: Yeah, this is what dreams are actually made. of.
1: This is it. This, this is, is, it. is it. Well, without Ryan Kelly, it wouldn't be possible. The home is the name. Of our studio sponsor, and that's Ryan Kelly, longtime title sponsor of TMA and since the very beginning, and we are now 61 months into this podcast because we started on October 1st, 2017. We had a huge blowout gala. Uh, last week when I remembered on the air that we had just celebrated our fifth anniversary. Yeah, it's crazy how fast oh that gala was my God. put together. That was a wonderful, wonderful gala. Uh, loanexpert.com. Mortgage rates continue to go up and down, even swinging over a quarter point. Rates are lower at thehomeloanexpert.com. The Home Loan Expert has lock and shop programs that can lock you in at any time. The Home Loan Expert can protect that rate for up to a year. and a simple refi, can lower those monthly payments if the rates drop in the future. Go online at thehomeloanexpert.com. And once you have that home, Well, now you're working with James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. He is my insurance agent, and I would like to see him become yours as well. James Carlton with State Farm and Webster Groves. Give James a call at 314-961-4800. That's 314-961-4800. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. Home, auto, life, insurance. He does it all, and he saves a lot of families' money with children under the age of 25 uh, on car insurance, so if that would fit you, give him a call. You will be shocked by how much money you can save. Three one four nine six one forty eight hundred. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. dot net. Jackson, would you like to tell the people about Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategy?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you've been listening over the past week or so, you've heard me talk about how great a communicator Mark Hanna is, and that's that's something that's so key. You know, I, I'm a guy who I work with Mark Hanna. Like I, I call him a couple times a year, and get on the phone with him and talk with him uh, outside of TMA, just talking about like my personal finances. And it's so great and refreshing to have someone who is so not only interested in your life, but interested in helping you get to a, a goal that you have. You know, if your goal is to save up money for your kid's college fund, if your goal is to go on that awesome European vacation with your family, if that goal is to save up for your own retirement, Mark Hanna is interested and wants to help you get to that point. And he's going to communicate and articulate the ways to do it. And that's what's so important uh, for me is to be able to communicate with someone who knows what they're doing and is also interested in you. So if that all sounds good to you and you're looking for ways to save money, get in touch with Mark Hanna. If you already have somebody, consider making the switch over to Mark. I think you would be really happy if you do it.
1: 314-889-0503 or go online at Evergreen STL com all right i mean we got settle in we got a lot going on here uh we do have an erotic story but jackson that's not where i'm starting today oh well. all right good evening tim this is just kind of a this is kind of like you like lisa who texts into balloon party i do she's a gem friend of the feather yeah uh sh- i get the sense she's not a tim mccurney show podcast listener. if i had to bet
3: i would doubt it but if you listen i bet
1: you welcome in lisa uh here is what we have this is just kind of a Kind email, but it's sitting in the uh, it's sitting in the inbox. Good evening, Tim. First off, I want to thank you and the TMA team for giving me comedic relief for the past two plus years. Specifically during COVID, I'm a home health physical therapist, and we were thrown into the fires of hell that the pandemic caused for our senior citizens. Every morning, I would turn the show on, enjoy a few hours of general banter and shishawali conversations before an absolute stressful day of work. My wife was thrown into listening. And she got entertainment out of the show. I view TMA as a reality uh, radio program. Specific characters with their storylines and specialties. It's honestly must-listen to radio day in and day out so you don't miss what happened the day before. Thank you all, and congratulations on the much-deserved move to Hubbard. Thank you. And that comes from a gentleman by the name of Corey Herman. Thank you, Corey. Thanks, Corey. Just a nice... That's so nice. Those aren't... Now, when I meet people, I will hear things like that yeah agreed but and understandably so people just don't when they're feeling good about a product or a show don't just go you know what i'm going to send a nice But in this case this gentleman did yeah. and i thought that was incredibly kind
3: yeah that's why i like if i'm looking up a restaurant and i kind of handicap those yelp reviews because who's yeah. going to leave a review if they love you oh, know?
1: right yeah well somebody related to the owner but right. yeah it's it's a i right. agree with you
3: but that is such a wonderful i'm email. gonna take I word appreciate. of mouth yeah always
1: uh, all right. Uh, this one's about pick six. Nice. Who's winning pick six? I think I went three and three again. Thank I think you and one one. are tied. Is that right? Yeah. My, me going three and three? That's yeah. all it
3: takes? Thank you. <laughs> I think you and you are tied.
1: Uh, Tim, one of the things I have uh, noticed you are doing recently in pick six is buying points at half points. I've always read the cost of the points is not worth the statistical value they provide in the long run and that buying them is square even when it brings the spread to common intervals like minus three, minus seven, etc. cetera. Are you approaching this with a different perspective that's rooted in data or an expert's analysis? Have I been listening to the wrong experts? Again, I'm enjoying the show. That comes from Ben. I need to do some honesty in media here. All right, mm-hmm. Jackson. You're a big advocate of honesty in media. It's one of my
3: one of my couple of
1: tenets. You have it. You have that tenet, and it has not been handsomely rewarded down the hallway no. during balloon party. No, but I respect it nonetheless. Appreciate it. Uh, when it comes to pick six, candidly. Um, At whatever moment we're about to record it, I scroll through games about three minutes before we go on to the the, the Zoom link that Jackson sends, and I look for reasonable underdogs in the NFL and maybe a college game that really stands out, and I just throw them in. So, on the off chance that anyone was wagering along with me, Number one, I'd like to apologize. I certainly didn't advocate for it or instruct you to do it, but right. if you were, I apologize. Although I guess I'm above 500, so I've made people money. Yeah, yeah. But there's just not a whole... Here, here's the other thing about the Pick 6 podcast. I, I, I think we could have a great gambling podcast. I think we'd have a great gambling podcast. But the way that we've done it was to try to get as many... Well, not try to get as many people on, but to have the Joe and Iggy dynamic... Um, and we have and we have six people in it because it was Gangster Pete's idea, and then he brought in his buddy, G-Unit. That's where G-Unit came from, mm-hmm. who I now know and am a huge fan of, by the yeah, way. Agreed. Uh, and I really hope he gets the help with the obesity that he's <laughs> been working with. Yeah. And Jackson, of course, is on it. And so to get all six people on at the same time, it would require doing it at night. I have zero interest in that after doing a minimum of four hours of radio and whatever we have after the show. And I'm about to digress right here. Mm-hmm. but I'm going to do it, even though this usually isn't directed at me. It's more directed at Iggy. You work three hours a day. Right. Most people are... Yes, we may be on the air for four hours, but it's, like, nonstop. Yeah. I can't imagine too many shows are basically nonstop like ours are. We have one four- to five-minute break per hour. And then, in addition, if if all the, our jobs were about was about 7 to 10, or in our case, 7 to 11, that would be... It would be lovely, but yeah. that is not the reality not of the, the business. So just as a brief aside, on the off chance, you want to rage on schedules. Uh, now, however you feel about everybody's schedule individually, that's up to you, but I'm just telling you that there is a lot more to it than just um, the hours that were on the air. But with that said, now having two children, the last thing I want to do is like at 7 o'clock, hop on a Zoom and watch yeah. a bunch of guys guess football games <laughs> and give teasers. It's just... It, So the way to me to do it, if you really wanted to do it, and, like, I really wanted to delve in, would be to get somebody who actually has a track record of success um, and then do it the morning of games. And really, it almost needs to be throughout the day. Yeah, right. Because even if you did it at 10.30 or 11.30 Central time on Sunday, that's not tending to the information that you're going to get at 2.30 Central for the 3 o'clock game or six thirty central you don't know that's the inactives.
3: thing and, yeah, we're picking games four Thursday. days out, yeah, there's so there's it's it's so more much. of an
1: entertainment i I know I'm aware of that I don't even know it's like talking about you know santa claus I, I recognize most people are aware of that, but just on the off chance, you know we we all put two hundred fifty bucks in, so I guess and I won it last year, although I chopped the pot with Joe in advance, but I guess by definition I won it overall, but we chopped the pot, so twelve fifty however we chopped it up. But, you know, it's, it's, it's not really a well-researched no. gambling yeah. podcast. And at the same time, it wouldn't really be responsible to me if you're really going to do it, if you're doing it because so much information changes. The way to win, gambling-wise, from my standpoint, is to live bet because um, hmm. then you have some information. But even then, you're going to deal with the volatility of injuries and yeah. uh, conditions. And the lines line changes second by second oh my god but that's that i think i've been if i had to track i think that's where i've been most successful most profitable um so anyway yeah it, it, it could very well be square honestly i'm just like i'll oh, buy the half point i don't fucking care that's <laughs> that's that's the honest answer yeah. um i ben I, I will yield to you also seeing what your background is i'm very comfortable and i would yield you on anything anyway especially <laughs> this but your background in numbers uh, all right. I'm going to of the erotic story for the last one. This one is Esteban Jan's glorious return. Sweet. This is kind of a serious one from Esteban Yan. It's not a gambling one. No. Hey, Tim, I wanted to write to say today, and this was sent on Monday, October 31st, was one of my favorite TMAs of late. I have been a listener since the morning grind days, and my favorite shows are always the ones where it's a little bit of grab ass combined with you analyzing macro sports topics talking about important news with our local teams and or breaking down big games the day after a Cardinal or Blues playoff game. Ring the gong, fine. But one of the main reasons I've been a fan of yours for so long is because when it comes to talking sports, you do it more intelligently than anyone else in the market, in my opinion. And not only do you talk sports intelligently, but you talk about topics that are important in the bigger sports picture. I'd be bored if you were breaking down each individual regular season game of the Cardinals and Blues, for instance. You also seem to have a knack for knowing what the audience is interested in when it comes to sports topics. I can only speak to my own preferences, but I just feel the mixture of grab ass and sports talk has been perfect as of late. My question as my question is how do you gauge what the audience is interested in when it comes to talking sports on TMA? Is it what you see coming across the text line? Is it what you notice being talked about on the fan page? Something else or is it just a gut feel thing? Thanks and stay cute. That's from Esteban. Jan. I like. Well, first off, I love anytime anybody pays me the proper compliments, and even those go. compliments, it wasn't enough.
3: Right, right. I could have seen. There's a couple. He missed. Yeah, he
1: right. missed some obvious spaces. There you go. But um, the intuition on what to talk about is something that I think I've said this before. The unofficial title of the Tim McKernan show. <laughs> When I was interviewing Bill DeWitt and he was talking about TMA and he talked about how Doug was so funny and this was when the cat was on the show and the cat was, you know, whatever, musing around the ballpark or something like that. And then I said, hey, I noticed you didn't
2: <laughs>
1: say anything. And he was laughing and he goes, you know what you're good at? You have a really good gauge on what people in St. Louis want to talk about each morning. And I go, wow. That's a very nice compliment. That's a and, and the thing about that is is it's one of those things. It's like height. You can't teach height. Right. But for most sports, it's super helpful to have it. So my answer to the question from Esteban Jan is you may be correct. Bill DeWitt third shares your opinion on it. But I honestly don't necessarily know how. It's like doing an interview. To me, it's just natural because it's a conversation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So – I kind of set the table for the audience when it's a busy sports day like yesterday. So as Jackson and I are sitting here, yesterday you had Nolan Arenado's topic of he decided not to opt out. That happened over the weekend. You had the Blues in the midst of this tailspin. You had Missouri winning at number 25, South Carolina. You had Illinois winning at Nebraska. Um, some people were really into the Battle Hawks, and the Battle Hawks just confirmed that their team name will be the Battlehawks. So you did all five of those. And so I go to Doug. To let the dais know that Doug is, this is Doug's time. Right. And Doug, here are topics, which kind of sets the table for the audience in a way without saying, I am now setting the table. Here's what we have for you. Mm -hmm. And then let Doug take it whatever direction he's going to take it because Doug and I are on the same page with what the lead is. Right. And I think that might come from doing television because you have to pick what the lead is. And sometimes, you know, we had Doug and I... Had producers, um, which was, you know, you t- I didn't have a producer really when I was in Little Rock, um, that you take for granted, but they would put it together, but it was up to the anchor on how you wanted to order. You could come in and you could see what the rundown was, the rundown being the order of the stories for that that particular sports cast, but you could change it around. I can recall Steve Savard coming in and changing it around, for example, and I would change it around. So you have a gauge on what the lead is. Um, and I, I also think, but again, I don't necessarily know how or why I arrive at this conclusion that, for example, Missouri sports, Missouri football, are going to have a higher engagement, for lack of a better term, on TMA than it does on Balloon Party. Yep. And the Blues have a higher engagement on Balloon Party than it does on TMA at this time of year, this being November 1st. Um, but I think... I think that there's a there's a misnomer. I, I see some things sometimes written about our show, and I'm just like, okay, that's just factually incorrect. But then for me to go—like, people will tell me—this was the Plowboy, of all people, by the way. Like, if you were—well, Doug would certainly be the, in last place of, <laughs> like, talking about the show and people's reaction to the show because he truly doesn't care. Right. Doug Vaughn, Nirvana, is what I seek. Yep. Um, but the Plowboy goes— and we were, it was, like, well, it was like in a commercial break, and I was walking to get water or whatever. And he goes, it's so weird. Some of these people who listen to the show think they know more about what's going on with the show than us on the show. And he goes, I can't figure it out. And I go, yeah, you know what? I'm glad you've gotten there. I got there a little while ago. By a little while, I mean a couple of years. And I go, now that I'm just like, yeah, I can't, I can't win. Right. It's kind so, of I don't even bother with it anymore. Right. It's like, okay, go, right, that we do this or that, that, that this is going on. I can't, even if I go and tell you that that's not the case and maybe showed you screenshots, you're still going to believe what you believe. Right. And I can't do anything about it. And so it's like, okay, fine, fuck it. I can't, and in a way, the ba- the uh, the baby's getting thrown out with the bathwater, as they say, because I know not everybody is, because you're talking probably about a much smaller, smaller population of the audience that that is the vocal who are convinced that this is the case or that this is the case or whatever but um i because i like to interact with the audience and answer questions but when it's done in a public forum people feel like oh this is my chance to like get a line in on tim and you know really and it's just like yeah i don't need i just there's no i'm just at a point and i don't know if it comes with having a family i think it might or it come with going ah They fire me. I'm going to Jupiter. So, fine. Fuck it. I don't know. I don't know where, because that's not the way I was even just a few years ago. I don't know what, I don't know. I don't know how or why. In a way, it's a shame because I'm so, what I think anyway, transparent with the audience. But if you have a portion of the audience who just doesn't believe you no matter what, and those are the ones who are going to get involved in the conversation, then it's pointless to interact because you can't change the mind. So it's like if somebody wants to like I don't know, like election fraud. Right. I don't know. Did you see the sixty minutes this past weekend by the way? No. It's just a fascinating little situation in Arizona in particular. Uh but a week from today, election day, this will be a this will be the, the first storm of <laughs> yeah, of, of, of the winter. one that, that that's on its way for the bigger winter storm that's coming. But uh yeah. And, you know, they just cite the data and the guy goes, well, that's not what I believe. And he's like, well, but that's the data. It doesn't matter. So right. it's like I, I look at that and I go, oh, yeah, I'm Scott Pelley, you know, and this, you know, guy who's probably going to become a state senator in Arizona yeah, right. is, you know, the people who are convinced <laughs> that what take your pick of whatever the fuck, you know. So I don't I don't know how to explain it outside of it's intuitive and it does come from interacting with people but you also i guess you could see what people are engaged by um, not yeah. necessarily by what they're writing but but for example i, I talked about this and it upset some missouri fans if, if let me put let me put it this way jackson if i could if i had my choice of topics anytime i'm doing a show my choice my choice it would be it wouldn't necessarily be all missouri football but that's what I'm most emotionally attached to at this not necessarily at this moment in a season that's not going anywhere. But that's what interests me. That's mm-hmm. what I'm making sure that I'm going to watch. Not necessarily this time of year with golf. Um, and I don't pay—I haven't watched a second of live golf. It's not because I'm, you know, on some kind of moral principle. I just am not interested in it. Sure. But like, if you're talking about the time of the Masters or certain tournaments where you know big names are involved, whatever the case might be. Um, adult films,
2: Mm, mm, mm.
1: restaurants, maybe movies, certain television shows, Cardinal playoffs, Blues playoffs. But I, I said at the outset Missouri football. And so when we had a discussion a couple of weeks ago, which I thought was a pretty good discussion, on Missouri football, there is a portion of the Missouri fan base that believes that we would rather not talk about it and that it impacts Missouri's prominence in the market because we would rather just talk about the Cardinals and Blues. And that couldn't be any further from the truth. It's just not true. Right. But I can say it, and then it doesn't matter. Right. I'll be told that's not true, even though I—like, why would I lie? It I just, it, it just it, doesn't it, matter anymore to my career. It's It's—the game's kind it's, of— you right. know, it's over.
2: Right.
1: So why, like I have, I don't have to go, oh God, if I don't say this, then they might not, you know. doesn't
3: affect, it actually It just, it's, it,
1: yeah, it just doesn't matter. So you couldn't, you couldn't come to a place to get more transparent sports opinion, not because I'm some fucking hero, but because I just don't need to say anything other than what I think. It just doesn't matter. Um and and Doug is in, is in the same category, which might be one of the like, kind of the secret and maybe forgotten ingredients about TMA is that we both pay attention, know what's going on, and we'll give our opinions without people going, oh. Like today we had Chris Kerber on. You saw the text line while well, we had Kerber on. Right. And here's Chris Kerber who knows more about the blues and hockey.
3: Yeah. Forgot about hockey more than most people
1: oh. know about it. And he's getting his ass lit up. And here's a guy who will be critical, and is really critical for a guy who is the play-by-play guy. Right. And but it doesn't matter because people in the minds like he is not going to share my opinion and say Barubi needs to be fired because he's on the Blues payroll. And that's just it's just not the way that it really works. But especially in our case when we don't work with or for a team. That it's just going to be, here is the deal. and But it, it isn't about, oh, I don't believe that, and here's why I don't believe it. I don't believe it because it doesn't match my opinion, and therefore exactly. it can't be true, which exactly. is essentially where politics is now. Yep. yep. So going back to the conversation of talking sports on TMA, I think that there is a bigger discussion on Missouri, not because there's all of a sudden a lot of interest in Missouri. I mean, they're what, a 4-4 four four team that, you know, even though I know Missouri fans are at this moment riding a big high of the South Carolina win, the reality is they're in the lower half of the SEC and I'm a Missouri fan, which is amazing that I have to say it, but you know, because I feel like Missouri fan base is like currently MAGA and Rhino uh, and I'm Rhino that, you know, if I don't like kiss the rings of everybody in Columbia, that I must not be a true son. um, That, that it's, it's not about that. It's about the show's engagement from the audience's standpoint of the, circus that is created around Missouri football with me and Doug maybe giving our honest opinions on it and then the Plowboy and, and you, Jackson, and also mm-hmm. you being more transparent as a fan in particular about basketball. Yep. Um, And then the Plowboy and Iggy just kind of, you know, sniping in and firing shit all over the place just for that. And then that's what gets people engaged. So if you're an Illinois fan or you have no love for Missouri, you love when the Plowboy and Iggy just shit on it even though this isn't by design, by the way. I'm not like, okay, Iggy, Plowboy. Right, right. That, I think that's what people think too. Right. Uh Like the lady who we had on thought yeah, that that yeah, was you know. like a game to like get attention. It's, it's like, like, yeah, be been on for 20 truth. years. And, you know, if you really think that I'm like trying to get an audience, you know, by having a guy say once wants to see really Missouri lose, great, whatever. That's the thing. I don't care, but I think it makes the show better because I kind of don't care. <laughs> right. And
3: that's the thing, man. Like – to what you were saying about, like, you could tell people, you could send them screenshots, you can provide them fact. It doesn't, if they have an agenda, if they have a thought that they are convinced in their head is the correct thing, there's nothing, right? And absolutely a, nothing that you
1: can do to change their mind. And I don't, I don't know that that has, I don't know when it started because I don't feel like it's necessarily like, in other words, somebody's saying, I was wrong. Not even being on the radio or podcast and saying I was wrong, or on social media, but even privately. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I feel like I have done this. I'm very careful with it, but like, I don't know. I've got a few examples in relative recent history about like TMA, and I'm going, yeah, that's. I don't know what to tell you. That's not true. Yeah,
3: I love when people say that they're wrong. I love
1: when people say I it. agree with you,
3: and mostly in media of some sort. But like, I love when people are just like, yeah, you know what? I said something. Um, and not like they're like apologizing, but they're like, whether it be like, I have this take about this guy. And it's like, no, I was, instead of doubling down right, and going down with the ship, it's like, you know what? I was wrong. I now have new information, and I'd like to say that my previous take or whatever, previous statement, whatever, was incorrect or was, you know, I, I, I disagree with what I said before. And I've changed that. I love that because that shows, like— that you're getting honest
1: and now that, that you know then as a reader or listener or viewer that you are getting somebody who is giving you their honest opinion. Agreed. But at the same time, as we've talked about before, at least at, in this moment, and this isn't limited to sports, certainly, if anything, it might no. be, you know, the, the, the politics is, yeah. uh, is the bigger one where you just, you just, you do go down with the ship right. and you never back off the take. And... I'm just like, yeah, so this, okay, here's this person on this issue. I don't even need to read it. I already know what it is. And it's so fucking boring. Yeah, like, exactly. I love, love what Bill Maher is doing right now. Mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I I don't know how closely you watch him or, and it's not because I necessarily share the opinions. It's because I don't know which way he's going to go on things. And he's pissing off both liberals and conservatives. Now, I think he has a strategy to it. I actually think it is a grand plan. And I think, just to give you my thesis on what he's doing, for those of you who are even aware of what I'm talking about, is he is sitting there going, how in the world has the country gotten to this point? Okay, I travel to and perform in states intentionally that vote red. And now I have an understanding of the reasons why people who otherwise would seemingly never vote for Donald Trump vote for Donald Trump. And it's a lot of stuff that the left has either been attached to or espoused on social media. And it's stuff that I internally go, what in the hell is this crap? And so now I make fun of it. So now people on the left are going, what, you're a traitor to us. But I think his whole plan is to win over people who could vote red or blue to vote blue by making fun of those who he considers to be on the far left with the topics that uh, he spends a lot of time on that I think Fox News has incredibly effectively associated with the left and people who most of the time wouldn't really be all that passionate about, take your pick of whatever social issue or Twitter issue. And he's trying to point out the asinine element of it, and it's how not what people who usually vote care about. That's what I think he is doing. Either way, I enjoy it, not because I necessarily share the opinions, but because I don't know what he's going to say, and I know it's going to be well thought out. So with that all said, that's what I'm attracted to, but that's not what's making money in media. Going back to the question of how I gauge what the audience is interested in when it comes to talking sports on TMA, um, I I think it's it's almost like it's intuitive just from doing it for so long that you kind of have an idea of where it is, and then it's just like a conversation. Each yeah. topic is a conversation, and you can tell, anybody can tell, when a conversation is kind of reaching its conclusion. Yep. And so once the conversation reaches its conclusion, I then reset. You can get involved by texting in 314-881-TMA5, and we thank Engineer Design Facilities for sponsoring the text inbox, going to the live read, and then out of that, change the topic.
3: Yep, it's, a, it's it's very formulaic in a sense because, you know, but at the same time, it's like you said, it's just natural. And I think TV, when you're talking about selecting topics, TV for you and Doug both I think is a big, you know, you kind of had that practice instilled in you early. Yeah. Um, but there's also, like, it's a gauge, you know. You know, if, if a team is playing at the, t- like, you know, Cardinals are in the playoffs, there's no Blues story that's going to be bigger than the Cardinals. If the Blues are in the playoffs, there's no Cardinal story that's going to be bigger than the Blues. Right, uh, so, that's it. It, it kind of falls into place now. Monday, yesterday, was a, a different kind of thing because, you know, Nolan Arenado's news is, you know, pressing, but it's also, it gets new, but it's not as, like, pressing as what's going on with the Blues. And the Missouri just came off this road win, but then again, they're a team. That's if he would
1: of- opted out and it would have happened on Friday afternoon, it's the lead. Yeah. But because he opted in, he kind of got a sense that was going to happen. Right. I never was like, God, I think he's going to opt out. Right. Um, it wasn't, but then it leads to a bigger discussion. And you can't go wrong in St. Louis with talking about the Cardinals, but that doesn't mean, I'm going to jump in here, that doesn't mean that, okay, if the Cardinals played, even if it were the whoever they're competing with in the division, that you automatically on a take-your-pick random Tuesday night game in May that you lead with it. Right. And so I think the thing, I think actually this is kind of – Uh, counterintuitive is the words I'm going to use, but I don't know if that's the right term here. I've said this. I know I've said it before because it's something I lived when I would play in the World Series of Poker, when I would play in tournaments online. So often when I would run deep in a tournament, it wouldn't necessarily be a big hand I won. It would have been a big hand where I laid it down and folded that had I played it, I would have probably been eliminated from the tournament. And so what I think TMA has done well is we don't force sports just for the sake of talking sports. Right. And so, therefore, when we are talking about it, number one, the audience knows that we're really engaged. But then, number two, for us, it's fresh. Right. And so, when Doug and I, in particular, and you, mm-hmm. um, you know, are in a serious conversation about something that we watched and we have some knowledge on, um, and and are like actually having like a serious conversation about it. It 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 it's not well. We know they told them they got to talk about right, this exactly. at this time, and so they're just doing it, even though you know it's April and the Cardinals have lost three in a row, and now we're going to do a thing of well, should fans be concerned? I right. mean, you could triple what I make and tell me that's what I'm going to do, and I'd be, i be I'm dead. Serious. That's the thing about where it, it it's not this isn't what I'm saying. It's over. It's like I'm at a point where if they said it's over, I'd be like, okay, it's fine. It was 20 plus years. It was great. I'm ready to move on. Mm-hmm. In other words, I'm not looking to dance if somebody says dance anymore. Right. That's what I mean by it's over. It's not saying I have wealth beyond my fabulous dreams and I can just go, I'm shutting it down. Um, it's, I just have no interest in dancing. Yeah. I'm done dancing. Mm-hmm. And so. If I am a listener and I can find a show or a host who you know the person is in the mindset of this is what I think, I don't, which is why I like Strauss, which is why I like Gabe, mm-hmm. um, because I know it's what they really think and they don't give a fuck what the audience, if the audience likes it or not. And it's, not, it's also going to be coming from a place of information as well. It's not just like, okay, I'm going to say it. I know it's going to rile people up just because it's not going to be popular. Right. That, that, to me, is when you achieve some semblance. we talk about Doug Vaughn not giving a fuck nirvana. Um, and I'm talking about that with, like, social media comments. That, to me, is when you, as a—I don't want to call it a journalist because it's not a journalist. It's as a host. That's when you reach, from what I'm interested in, that's what I like. But, it, but that's what we like. Yeah, right. That's Obviously, true. I don't think that necessarily is what the greater population likes. Yeah, like, like, for example, let me ask you this. On a television show right now, sports, stick to mm-hmm. sports— who do you view as a sports host, analyst, where you go, that person is saying exactly what they think and they don't give a shit, and I'm taking Charles Barkley and anybody on TNT show off the so table for they, you. So they have to be on t- on TV? Yeah, uh, because that's that's usually, it's not always, but it's usually where there's going to be, like, millions of dollars in play. Wilbon. Interesting. Okay. See, I don't watch that show anymore. Right. Wilbon. I can see that.
3: Yeah, Wilbon would be, Kornheiser probably, too. Um,
1: I don't know how much information's there with Cornizer, not that he tries to pre- present that there is. I mean, yeah. that's kind of been his thing. Is that he's right. kind of a drive-by sports guy.
3: And I kind of think of that with Wilbon because he's, like, highly, highly, highly intelligent. Right. Like, he is such an intellectual. I had a buddy who went to Northwestern who had the opportunity to sit down and have lunch with Wilbon.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. How was that?
3: And he said, we, we sat there for an hour and didn't talk sports until the final five minutes. How about that? We talked about life. And school and job opportunities and stuff like that and then eventually in like the last five minutes like the bulls came up yeah and that's and he, and that, he's like that is everything you need to know about michael willbox yeah. that he's so intelligent that what he does and makes a lot of money doing he probably won't talk about unless you bring
1: it up yeah it's interesting because if i were like to meet with somebody and i found common ground and engaged in a conversation and we're just fucking off at a bar or something like that the moment they would either say so it's like to work with Iggy or right, you think? Right. with think the Cardinals offseason? I'd be like, oh fuck, this is, <laughs> right? This is you know, right? I'm, now I'm yeah. I'm kind of like I I want to talk about anything other than that. Yeah. you know, right? Exactly. So um, yeah, I th- I think that that I think that that is a part of it, and and by that I mean if you tune into the show and you hear that we're talking sports, you know that we're engaged in it. Yeah. If the Blues had won two of their last five, as opposed to have lost five straight, there's no way in the world we spend as much time this morning on the Blues. No. No, no, no. And I've been doing this long enough. I was with the Blues on their way to San Jose when they won the President's Trophy in 2000. So I've been around for now 22 years. So I've seen winning streaks and losing streaks and fortunately Stanley Cups and Western Conference Finals and so on and so forth. And, I, and just intuitively, but I think fans do too. It just so happens that I do this shit. Fans also know when it's a little different. And I'm telling you, this is a little different. It doesn't mean that it's about to spiral into some kind of disaster, but it's this is just, this is. I mean, hell, it is the data. Craig yeah. Ruby hasn't had this happen. He hadn't had it. what happened before they lost to the Kings last night. And the way they're losing is also the thing. That's why I wasn't like, oh, when they lost to the Oilers last week by a goal late, wasn't like, oh man, what the hell? Right. I'm like, oh, they played pretty well. That's the oilers, not bad. Then the game against the predators, I'm like, that was a little rough, but it was back to back nights. And then when they had the 4 1 lead or 3 1 lead on the Canadians and then gave up three goals in a matter of like four minutes, I'm like, what the fuck is that? And lost seven to four. And then you have that last night against the Kings. I'm going, holy shit. Yeah. This I haven't seen this in a while. This is weird. This is worth talking about because it's a macro. I'm not breaking down like Nick Letty's giveaway on Saturday night and what he could have done differently is a guy who couldn't skate 10 yards. <laughs> so I just I couldn't do that. That that and that's the thing. We talk about on the show what we're interested in. And that is then therefore you hear when you're listening, somebody of the five is engaged. Mm-hmm. I am not going to have near the interest, for example, in Missouri basketball, at least out of the gate that you will. Mm-hmm. Not, there's no way in hell I no. will.
3: In case you can't just conjure that up. It yeah. has to be real.
1: I, now, I can right. potentially get back into it. I don't know if I'll ever have the college basketball interest that I had in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, but it'd be great if I did. I'd love it you mm-hmm. know, with three programs in the area. It'd be wonderful. Um, but th- th- you have more of an interest in that. To the Cats' credit, for example, back in the day— when we'd be talking Missouri football, it's not what he followed. It's not what he knew. He usually had to do his Cardinal responsibilities because they'd be playing in right. September and October, and the Cardinals usually were playing in October. He didn't know, so he didn't like chime in, you know, and, and like derail the conversation by going, "I don't know if I really like what Pinkle's doing." We would, Doug and I would have, we would have said it, like, well, "What the fuck do you know?" <laughs> right. But it's just you just kind of know where your yeah you know your role strengths yeah. For exa- and your interests are. And so that is that, I think, is a key. Again, I've never really thought about it until asked. But I do think, you know, that what— And so Jackson does a great job on Balloon Party. On days where, like tonight, the Blues aren't playing, the Cardinals aren't playing, what the fuck is there to talk about Missouri and Kentucky? It's four days away. Your job will be done tonight when you send over these questions— mm-hmm. And you know somehow how to, like, figure out the things that get me going. Mm-hmm. And you send these questions that I will then use that are usually macro questions that aren't about, like, last night. and Like, what happened in tonight's Game 3 of the World Series, which, barring some huge storyline, is not going to get me going. Or move the needle in St. Louis. And or move the needle. And that's the other thing. So it, So you have to kind of serve those two masters. You have to engage your host. And you also have to engage your audience.
2: Right. And sometimes you're
1: right. And sometimes if you can engage the host, then automatically the audience will be engaged. Right. Because the host, and I'm not saying this is me at all, but the host is so um, dynamic or intriguing and people just want to hear their opinion that it doesn't matter what the topic is. That was, that's something I said this to to Joe Buck when he was doing that interview show, like he'd have guests on who i but I'd see. Oh, he's going to have so and so, on him. Oh, that's one I'm going to pass on. But then I'd get going. And go, God, the interview's so good. I have zero interest in this particular sport or this particular athlete, but I'm now watching it and I'm engaged because the caliber of the interview, right,
2: right,
3: has
1: pulled me in. There's some
3: people out there with their with interviews where it doesn't matter who they're interviewing. You just know it's going to 100%. be good. Like Mark Maron is one of my favorite guys like that. Like when he gets somebody on, like. They have such a rapport that a that they're able. Howard Stern, another one, where it's like God, like people go in there and you know that no matter who it is, you're gonna get a really really good honest conversation.
1: That's the best. I can't get enough of that. And I know Stern had Bruce Springsteen in yesterday, and I'm right. am, that's uh that is on the itinerary. And for guests who aren't promoing anything.
3: That yeah. that is a huge like people who just drop by essentially like sure. just to. Come in and talk,
1: or they know they're going to promo something, but then it's like, "Well, we'll do the promo." Like I, right. like John Hamm was on with Stern. I uh-huh. don't know what it was a couple weeks ago. Uh, the great Alvin Mack DM'd me to let me know about it because I'm not listening regularly, and I went back and listened to it. And he was certainly promoting Fletch, whatever it was. If you right. watched
3: that, no, I mean I've seen Fletch the original, right? But this is no. John
1: Hamm in the Chevy Chase role. I don't know right. how it no, was. I, I, yeah. But it le- it just led to an overall incredible interview. Right, right. And I, so I think I also think there are people who want to be interviewed by certain people and considered an honor and that they also want to perform. Like it's, I've heard over the years, whether it be from Howard or from back in the day, take your pick of, I don't know who he might've been talking to him about this. When you're on Letterman, it's like, that's the one where I would get nervous because I wanted to make sure I performed, even though it might not have had the bigger audience between Leno and Letterman. That was the one where you felt like, if you didn't perform, he wasn't gonna get you over. You right. know, you had to perform. He would he would kind of do an awkward face or pause to convey he wasn't impressed. <laughs> 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 and uh and so yeah, if you have somebody who you know, like I've talked I've talked about it, young page views. I know him as as more of like a friend. Mm-hmm. And I'm not in the barstool universe per se. Right. But he is. Wanting to do an interview, wants to come in here and talk about everything that's gone on with him and Barstool in his life over the last, however long it's been, because he kind of went away yeah, and then reappeared out of nowhere with this Twitter video of him coming out of the ground. Which is a great video. Oh my God. And the last time I looked, it had a few hundred thousand views. Yeah. And knowing him, knowing that we've talked before and I hang out with him, I'm looking forward to doing it because I know this is for him something he wants to do it's not me chasing him around and then he eventually goes okay fine i'll fucking do it can we just do it over the phone and then at that point I was like i don't want it right but when it's somebody wants to do it i love it then i then i'm ready i'm dialed in yeah but if it's hey tim this person's promoting right this and you know they have got 10 minutes and they'll be a pr person on the line to make sure that you don't go over the time and they really want to focus on this don't ask about this I don't want it. None. Rizzuto and I were bullshitting yesterday um about something that had nothing to do with radio, actually. And then we somehow got on the topic of our shows. And he and I said, Oh, you've probably I don't even know how the fuck it came up. And he goes, Oh, I'm really picky with who I have on. I go, God, so am I. And I cited a story of not having somebody on and how that irritated um a party. And he goes, Yeah, he goes, I just it's it's our show. Right. You know, if it doesn't go well, they don't blame the guest, they blame us. Exactly. So it's our responsibility. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Fuck it.
3: Yeah. To what kind of what you were saying about the person who like wants to do it. Like I I think I think there's there's a guy who's the most talented person in 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 Hollywood. The most talented not necessarily What do we got? The most have? talented person like in entertainment. And I think it, Donald Glover. I think he's Ah, it's a nice play. He writes, he acts, he's a great musician, he's a great director. He's awesome. He doesn't do interviews. He does interviews when he has to promo something, but he doesn't do interviews. So if there was a situation where like he were to go on anybody's show and it's not, I know he has nothing coming out, everything's done. I would listen to that. But there's also people who go on everything and it kind of feels like a- Yes, you're right. An attempt to like, and it, especially, like, with someone who was more popular, say, 10 years ago, and you're like, oh, you're just like, it's this is a relevancy thing. Like, you need your name out
1: there. Again. So, for example, Paul McCartney, along these lines, right? A nice little play here. Paul McCartney, I, I mean, as weird as it sounds, but we're both mm-hmm. well. I mean, if, I'm, if it's beyond it for me, it's certainly beyond it for you. Respect, of course, my God, he's a Beatle. Yeah, it's
3: unbelievable, and one of the
1: most important
3: Beatles you know.
1: And when he was first on Stern, it was like this huge deal. Now, for whatever reason, he's on all the time. Right. You know? Uh-huh. And so it's kind of like, oh, Paul McCartney's on again. As weird as it is to say that, and right. I'm sure for people who are in their 60s and 70s, it's almost blasphemous to say it. Now, I'm not a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm anti-Bruce Springsteen. It's just people such as one of our wonderful sponsors, James Carlton, huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Yeah. And I know he's never been on Stern. Right. And James texted me last week. He goes, Howard is returning to the studio in Manhattan, which he hasn't been in since COVID. He's just been, he built a studio uh, in his place in the Hamptons uh, for this interview with Bruce Springsteen because it's going to actually take place for the first time. And I'm like, even though I'm not a Springsteen guy, I can't wait to listen to that interview because it is God, he had somebody on. He had been waiting forever to have on. God, I wonder who the hell it was. And it went, and somebody, a bunch of people, emailed me teamerkeninsidestl.com, and the person it couldn't stay, and it, it was just, it was no good. When he had Tom Brady on, it was during that was the pandemic, bad. Yeah, that was bad. and the technology on Zoom was fucked up, the wireless, and it just was garbage. I would have been, I don't know how good that would have been. It's. I have nothing against Tom Brady. I keep going back to this thing. I'm just not sold on him in the broadcast booth. This yeah. is well before whatever people are doing with shitting on his personal life and his divorce. It's just, I just don't. I just like Peyton Manning. I knew he would be good at it. Right. Just right. not sure Brady's going to be good at it. Although, in fairness, Greg Olson I think does a hell of a job when he's with uh, Kevin Burkhardt. Yeah. He's, Agreed. But I don't. He's not Tom Brady as far as career goes. Right. I'm just not sure that's going to work out. Point being that interview with Stern. I was looking forward to that one. And then I got done. I go, oh boy. But you knew John Ham would be a great interview. Right. Yeah.
3: And John Hamm is so charismatic. Right. And there's people out there who are like, we talk about all the, always the great interviewers, but there's great interviewers. Sure. There's but a- Ham,
1: and Ham will pop up around St. Louis a lot. He mm-hmm. never says no. I mean, I could, as weird as it is, because it is kind of weird, but it so, also kind of shows you the kind of guy. If I texted John Ham right now, it would be weird if I didn't hear back perhaps almost immediately, but certainly within the day. That's the way that he is. Right. That is, that's He's just kind of, you know, is down to earth. Now, that's a St. Louis thing. I don't think if I were a guy in Atlanta, for right. example, right. bigger market, but I think it's a St. Louis thing, and he knows kind of my affiliations and whatever, and has been on when me and Maroon did a thing with him, and, he, and me and Edmonds interviewed him, and he's just, whatever, he's just kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. But with regards to... Interviews. If I am going to have somebody who wants to be on, there's very rarely something that I do that in, it gets me like I'll wake up with a bounce in my step because of it. Mm-hmm. Like this is the and if I, also I almost I say I'll get nervous. It's not the right way to describe it, but I'll feel I'll put pressure on myself. Sure, it's like think, so when I do sound story. Right, think
3: about it more. You'll think about
1: it. Hundred percent. Like I feel on a day when we have a sound story, I'm like. I've got to like dial in, right? Because I am doing something for this person and their family that will live forever, and I want to make sure that I perform and I feel some semblance of again I don't know what the right word is, but I know that I'm going to to lock in. But if I know if I'm having a guest on who everybody wants to hear from, like the young page, thing thing's going to turn into something, and I'm, I'm not necessarily sure I. I'm looking for what I have a feeling it's going to turn into. Yeah. Um, not that I, because I, I know what his plan is. He's not planning on, like, shitting on anybody. No. But um, just whatever. I'll be a bystander that will inevitably be dragged into Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, but either way, whatever. Uh, but I know he's looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say. That excites me. Um, right now, I have no rapport with Nolan Arnato I don't even know I've ever even talked with Nolan Arnato But if I could have Nolan Arnato on, that yeah. would be an interview I'd be like, I can't wait. Right, right. You know, because yeah. it, it wouldn't be about, you know, what did you think of the ninth inning in game one against the Phillies? Right. Um, boy, Goldie, tough September and October, huh? Have you talked to him? It wouldn't be that. It would be, All right, you made this decision. You could have done this. What about this? But essentially what Katie Woo asked him yeah, the question. she, she asked. Yeah, she questioned. She asked her exactly what I'd ask. But I also know he's, like, golf-obsessed. Yeah, yeah. And when you have somebody with a similar interest, you can bullshit about that.
3: Right. And he's been in baseball now, you know, because it's not just when you start your career. He's been in baseball for 15-plus years, you know, starting his career. So, like, there's so much, whether it be stories or little pieces of like, nuggets of information you can hear from people like that. You're just like, right. this is exactly... It's just like when Waino went to the damn bullpen and my- all they did was mic him up and let him do his thing. Right.
1: Because what happens there, you're right, when you have tenure, yeah. then you're more... Com- like interviewing a guy... I interviewed, take your pick of whomever, because at this point, having done it for a while, I've interviewed even the guys that are now, you consider Cardinal Hall of Famers, when they... Wainwright, shit. I remember interviewing him when he was a rookie, when he came over right from the Braves, and I had no idea who he was, really. Mm-hmm. Um, they get comfortable, not just because they get comfortable doing interviews, which is certainly a part of it, but they're also comfortable because they're like, yeah, I'm going to say what I think and
3: right. what are they going to do? Fire me? Right. You Doesn't get a certain matter. seniority. You get a certain...
1: You don't give a shit. Right. I mean, that's why over the years, Kachuk and Edmonds and Wainwright, I wouldn't call friend of the show, but he's certainly done some memorable spring training interviews. It's the guys who are kind of like, yeah, I'll say whatever. What are they going to do? Right. a shit. Right. Uh, those are the ones who are the best interviews. And if you're a guy coming up and your quote a good interview. I assure you will be pulled into somebody's office and said you best not say that shit again. That's right. just the way that it works. All right. Before we go to the erotic story, which Jackson has not seen, nope. my eyes are the only one who've seen this. Minus the person who sent it to me, and I've only read it one time. And I thought it was brief, and it's a little long. It's not like long, but it's a uh, it's uh, it's detailed. Uh, I would like to tell the people about Seth Goldcamp and Design Air Heating and Cooling. It is a it's beautiful weather this week in yeah. St. Louis for November. Holy crap! What Am I looking outside, Jackson? I got uh, it's going to be in the seventies this afternoon and cool. tomorrow and Thursday and Friday. Sixties on Sunday. Sixties seventies next week. Wow. Well, this She's is going to drop. It is, and when it does, make sure that your home is ready with Design Air Heating and Cooling. That's where you get your furnace check maintenance for the cold weather months. It is Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. You click on Book Now, and you can get that set up. And I've gotten it set up with Design Air Heating and Cooling. I've already gotten it done. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling, the Great Seth Gold Camp online at designairservice.com. And Munganest, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toy Oda. That's Munganest, St. Louis Acura, And Alton Toyota, even if you don't get your car from Munganast, you can get your car serviced at Munganast. But here's the thing. Go shopping for your car at MunganastStLewisAcure.com, AltonToyota.com, and work with the best. That's Jamie Burkhardt. That's Clayton Patterson. That's Peter Munganast. It's MunganastStLewisAcure.com and AltonToyota.com, the official automotive provider of the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for what Jackson has been demanding, and now we'll finally get an erotic story. Woo! Hey, man. Hope all is well. I think, to keep the party safe, we'll just let this remain nameless. And therefore, Jackson, we shall respect that. Mm -hmm. So I've been single for about two and a half years now. The dating game is so different than it was 20 years ago. And it's been a wild run for me. I've banged girls from 25 to 50 years old. I'm 44 now. Getting laid has been so easy, it's been mind-blowing. How do you feel about this so far? Uh,
3: yeah, it's, uh... Getting laid is so easy. That's a, that's a hell of a sentence. Um,
1: hmm. Getting laid has been so easy, it's been mind blowing. That's what it says. Has the game changed that much? I don't know. I'm not,
3: you know, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, like, I, mean, you I can only speak to yeah, my I mean, age. You, curve. Weren't,
1: you weren't getting laid when you were four. No. As far no. as I know. I mean, if, if so, we ought to lead with that. No,
3: no, I was not. I was in Webster Groves, but
1: I was not getting laid. Is that known for promiscuity?
3: No, I'm just a little nugget about me, I guess. <laughs> I think people think I'm well born raised, even though I've never lived one day of my life in the city of Do.
1: Well, getting laid has been so easy, it's been mind-blowing. I didn't know. Th- I have no idea. I have no idea. Right. Yeah, I can't I speak am... to the,
3: you know, 40, the, that age range.
1: Uh, let's see what we got. But this week, things took a wilder turn. About a month ago, I walked into a small Illinois bar with a friend. We were greeted by an incredibly attractive bartender. She's a St. Louis eight and a half or nine. Wow, yeah, nice. She's 5:10, very fit, large breast, great hair, perfect smile, etc. She's a rocket ship. She and I immediately hit it off and were very flirtatious with each other. However, she was wearing a massive wedding ring, so I just played it off as some innocent flirting and nothing more. The next day, she added me on Facebook. The coming week, she messaged me when she was working again. The next time I showed up, her husband was there. Really nice guy. We talked sports and gambling and golf. Became fast friends. That's where I thought the story was going to end. Then Wednesday night this week, it took a turn. I was sitting at the bar. She had invited me up and told me that they were both there and to come have a beer with them. After about 30 minutes, she sends me a text. You're so fucking sexy. To which I quickly replied, you're so fucking married. Now keep in mind, I'm sitting next to her husband, and she's standing behind the bar, right in front of me. About an hour or so later, the husband tells me he has to work early and was headed to bed. He shook my hand, we exchanged goodbyes, etc. She made another comment about being attracted to me, and I sent her a text that I was quite confused at the situation. She replied, stop it, you aren't confused. I asked, does your husband not care? And she said, hang on, you'll be getting a message soon. Five minutes later, I get a message from him saying, hey, man, I let my wife have friends. We like to have fun. Enjoy. Jackson, you just like spit up whatever the hell you have going on over there. Wow. (laughs) An hour later, we are in a parking lot. She's stripped down butt naked and asking me to service her. And, Tim, guess what? She is tatted up and pierced everywhere. She has since called me to let me know how she let like this to be an ongoing deal for a while. So I have myself a little hot wife situation. She informed me this morning that she wants to, and then it gets really graphic. Um, then I suppose I can say it uh, here on the podcast. Yeah, but... Yeah, for whatever reason I'm not going to. Yeah. It's, and I don't know why. But I, I'm not.
3: I've said it before. We get we get people aroused, but we don't get them off.
1: That's our credo. Yeah. That should be a t-shirt. We won't. We won't get them off. Uh and then kiss me, and then it gets a little graphic, and then it gets a little graphic. We have a sporting one here. Stay tuned. There will be more. Wow. Jackson, Jackson, Jackson. This is a
3: Chronicles. Um, I mean, God bless. I mean, to find
1: that. Now. I can tell you that this person has included a picture. You can slide on over here. Yeah, hold on. Here you go. So Jackson will now be speaking to this from a... Jackson's nodding. I'm doing play-by-play. Jackson returns to his microphone in the Home Loan Expert. Wow. Studios. wow. So I can, some t- I'll can. be honest with you. Mm. Honesty of media. Sometimes... Rating systems are in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. Lisa Ann's commented on that on the program before, right. that what I might view as a 7, yeah, there's no Iggy idea. might view—it well, depends. It's yeah. like we're in different time zones, it's so It's not to speak. the
3: Richter scale. Like you, there's, it's <laughs> it's some, in the
1: eye of the beholder. Exactly. And so I'm like, okay, I mean, a 9, whatever. I, I, for the sake of the audience, based on the image that was included— Jackson now has seen so we can corroborate this that's why I'm sharing and neither one of us and now if you know her that'll be really interesting I don't know her. I don't I can I can say legitimately attractive you would agree Agreed. the cat would love to tell the audience that I would hype up these ladies who would come in as if they were you know Victoria's Secret models. (laughs) <laughs> it wouldn't be. And, I, and honestly, I get where he's coming from. It's a, it's a very reasonable opinion. The truth was I was just happy to have girl, girl, and it didn't matter what anybody looked like. That's what was really going on. Digressing, Jackson, your reaction to this is a 24-year-old strapping lad. So when I first heard this
3: and he was describing this female, I said first thing I thought was there's no way she's single. There's no way in this town or probably any town that woman There's like that yeah,
1: that I agree with. Them. I mean, not any town, but but single Most. or or not divorced with children.
3: Right. OK, there you go. Yeah, right. That, that this would be they've been lifelong single or just like dating around. Like I wouldn't I would be tough to believe that. So when I heard big wedding ring. I said, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, but, you know, people have arrangements, man. We heard a Nikki Glazer audio. We played the other day. Yeah, how about that? Like that, people have arranged That's why, like, I never like. That's the thing. You're that's I,
1: again. I started off the show by saying you have this wisdom that that most 24 year olds don't have. It's you're dangerous. You're dangerous. Thank
3: you. Thank you. Yeah, people just people have. I mean, and especially you know whether it be celebrities yeah. athletes that like I wonder
1: on athletes I'm just like how do the the wives not
3: know right and that's and that's and it's all I would say probably most times they do and there's some sort of uh, but, I, but, I, but I
1: but I don't know but I'm I'm sure there might be an agreement or there might be I, I don't know I don't fucking know I have uh, no idea and I, I know this it's none of my business because exactly. I mean I would be I would be witness to some of it like whatever who fucking care first off it's it's not like these are like these are relationships this is just like it's sex. Right. And right. some people separate the well, two. Right. I personally don't see any relationship whatsoever between sex and emotion, which may sound blasphemous. Don't give a shit. It's what I personally feel. But I know other people don't share that opinion. Right. I don't share that. I, I, wow. I, I oh, can't. Now you're even more dangerous. Buy up all the Jackson stock.
3: Right. Like I,
1: I associate that, like just being
3: 100% honest. Like I do. Like I, I couldn't be in a situation where it would be like that. Not saying that you could, but I'm saying that I associate emotion and sex. I, somebody, oh, you do. I, I do. thought you were
1: saying you don't. I know. I was I about do. to say that is that's like fucking hardcore at 24.
3: No, I do. I, I I've thought about that before, and I was like, I can't. I just, I, I don't know if that'll
1: change as time goes maybe. on because I maybe at 24 probably didn't think the way I think now.
3: Yeah, it might. Uh, but uh, being honest to me, like I, I I can't separate the
1: two. You'd be deadly if you were separating the two at 24.
2: Right,
3: and I wish I could, but I can't. Um, so that's
1: well, I think mo- more people side with you than me, right? And but I under- especially in St. Louis, but
3: I also understand that here, where you're coming, I think I think some people couldn't even like fathom what you're saying. I can, and I would like, I think it would be maybe not healthier, but it would be the more there's more logic in what you are saying that you, there's well, a separation of emotions.
1: Here's what, here's what, I th- here's what I think Doug talks about this a little bit, he isn't as direct as I am with it, and I totally understand the reason for it. Um, you know, I talk about my Whatever openness, for lack of a better term, and just like don't even think anything of it. Um, But Doug will say, if it weren't for people being attracted to other people, people would probably never get divorced. Right now, I would um, that that I think that's what most quote unquote normal relationships would fall under that umbrella. So it would incorporate however many whatever percentage of relationships slash marriages where you don't have a financial issue, a child issue, some kind of tragedy, um, some kind of substance abuse, take your pick, whatever, mm-hmm. of the situation, or maybe just not compatible and rushed into it. That, that can certainly happen. That's why I'm a big advocate of living together before getting married uh, in a major way. So I agree with that. And and so it's one of those things when you're growing up, I remember I think I I said this to you or I told the story about this girl in uh in Scottsdale years ago. And I was interested in somebody like who I could really like emotionally was into, it wasn't just mm. attracted to. And I'm in Scottsdale and we're not really together. And this girl solely wants to just engage in a one-night stand. I'm flying back to St. Louis the next day. And I'm like, well, I don't want to cheat. Right. But then I'm thinking to myself, we're not really together, and I know I don't like her, the girl in Scottsdale, like as far as relationship goes, but then I'm surprised that I'm interested in having sex with her because in my mind, and I was 20, so I am I was older than you, like 24 or something, 24, 25, um, I was thinking to myself, well, if I really am into this other girl, then how come I'm interested in having sex with this girl? Which now to me would sound like I'd be like, oh, you're so precious for mm-hmm. thinking that way. But I truly thought that way. And I remember saying that to Jennings. Right. And Jennings, oh, get used to it. It never changes. <laughs> and now I see it. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't change. It right. doesn't change. It just doesn't change. I, I, if I make it to 75, I will still find 25-year-old women attractive. It's right. just not going to change. It's 100%. just the way that it is. And so it's one of those things you could, like, there isn't, there isn't, uh, it, d- d- Abigail Mack is my go-to play. If she's like, hey, I just—I I have to—I'm I'm an HD, HD2 radio fanatic, <laughs> and I love midday sports talk radio, especially one-hour shows. Right. I need you while I'm in St. Louis. And assuming Anna Marie didn't say, you know what? I know you're a big fan. Go ahead and enjoy. There isn't any way I would risk—now, this again, at this point in my life, my family, to go fuck somebody. It's just not—it's not even— it's not even possible. Right. It's just not even possible. Even, even if you separate the, the emotions. A hundred percent. Because unless my wife is on board with it. Right. Now, if she were on board with it, it sounds wonderful. But then you got to like play out like how. Right. Because it might be like, okay, I'm just going to fuck her tonight or she's just going to fuck him tonight. But then it's like, well, now I'm going to go and fuck her again next week. Right. And inevitably you gotta have a conversation at some point. And then how does everybody handle that? And I don't know. That's why the thing about polyamory, hey, again, to each their own. I just to me it it gets complicated if you do have emotions in it. But yes, I could separate Without question, there's just not any way I would damage, like, a, to no. not be around for my my two sons no, and my wife. And then also having been divorced and now actually knowing, it's not like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to get divorced. And you go, oh, shit, now this totally impacts friends and family members. And it's like a bomb going off. And this was without kids and a short marriage. And then you see all the shrapnel. So I've been on that side of it. So I know. And that's just, that's just compartmentalizing it to divorce. So... It's, it, I don't know what the saying is, I don't even know if it's a saying, but there isn't a person in the world who's worth me giving away 50% of what I have and only being able to see my children on the weekends. No. It's, it, to me, it's just that simple. Right. But I don't know if I'm thinking that way in my 20s. Mm. And so I understand more how it can happen at an early age. But as far as specific to what this email, anecdote, erotic story is about, God bless. I mean, to me, nobody's getting hurt because everybody's on the same page.
3: Exactly. And kind of to what you were saying earlier about like, and you said that you perfectly phrased it, quote unquote, normal relationship. There is no such thing. There right. is no, every single human is different, meaning every single relationship is different. And in some relationships, like two parties, the two people in the relationship can be like, yeah, you know what, like, you know. A lot, like if you want to go and like have sex with someone else, like, to- like totally, uh, you know, as long as you love me and our love is, and strong, you don't develop
1: a relationship for real. I mean, it just yeah. depends on where you are on exactly. things. But to me, I don't even know how to describe, it. I like, to break it down. I just personally, for me personally, and I don't know how I got to this point. And I'm not saying everybody should look to achieve it. Maybe I'm in the wrong. I don't know. I don't. I, if you like, you obviously think differently than me. And if you were to do a poll of a thousand, like people who didn't have their identity, because I think people would um, answer it differently if they knew their names would be attached to it. 100%. Would you have a problem with your spouse having sex with somebody else or would you feel badly if your spouse was fine with it, but if if they were totally fine with it, then you could have sex with somebody else. Right. Like where people are on that. And for me, I don't give a shit. But now here's where I do give a shit if let's say my wife were having some kind of text emotional relationship with somebody to me that is more important to me mm-hmm. and again i realize that might sound totally fucked up but that's that's cuz it's like i cuz I, I know cuz i'm like i love my wife and i love my family and there's nothing that i would do to fuck that up
2: mm-hmm.
1: but right now you show me an attractive woman and it's just like I can go have sex with her. I absolutely would want to go have sex with her. There's right. not a doubt in my mind. But I also know it has z- no doesn't mean. Hold on a second. Do I not love my wife because of that? Because the two things are completely separate. But if they're saying, "Well, you're going to have to spend a couple of weeks with her, and develop a relationship," I'm like, "Oh, now I feel like I'm betraying my family." You, you see what I'm saying? Hundred percent. So it's a it's a and I don't. Again, I don't know if people like in their 70s reach this point or if anybody even reaches this point. I mean, it's clearly some people do and it's just a case by case by case basis. And so I don't know, you know, this uh this erotic story does not include what the arrangement is for the husband. Certainly, the person who sent in the email is enjoying the arrangement for himself and it sounds like the wife is enjoying the arrangement for herself. And if it's working out, then God bless them. It's a it every because everybody's cool. And yeah. maybe the husband then gets to have you know, for lack of a better term, girlfriends. Sure, it's just a case by case basis. Yeah, agreed. But, but I think it actually like Mr. Smith, the Smiths. You know, have you ever met the Smiths? Yeah. They oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were on the uh, Lisa and Dating Game. Yeah. It's like yeah, because it's so rare for people in our swinger community, lifestyle community, to get divorced. Because the reason why a lot of people wind up getting divorced is because somebody wants to fuck somebody else, and then it causes all kinds of hell breaking loose, not just because of the sex, but because of the betrayal that has to go on because of the lying in order to be able to do it behind the other party's back, and that's the thing that is tough to come back from because the foundation of trust in the relationship is destroyed not necessarily by the act but by the deceit that led to the act and then the deceit to cover up the act
3: Mm, yeah so the act itself isn't the crime it's the 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 process in which
1: right
2: the
3: act was committed which is the yeah and i totally understand that and i think yeah that's that's certainly a situation where but in this situation in, in, in particular you know not only is this like a wife's like, oh, no, he's cool with it. Like, the husband is like... And
1: then confirmed. It's one thing to say he's cool with it. Right. But But then then the husband confirmed He met the husband.
3: Right. That is like a, that's like a, and probably, and I think people would say, like, marriage counselors or whoever would probably say, like, it's a really healthy relationship. Because
1: in order to get to that point, you had to have had the communication
3: about it. Right. And so many people are afraid, in a sense, to talk about sex. Like, they're afraid to broach topics that solely deal... And sex, but that's such a big part of just human nature. Like, if human nature is thinking about sex and arousal and all that stuff. So if you avoid talking about it, you're avoiding talking about such a—, a huge part of your
1: life. Sh- right. A
3: massive part of your
1: life. And, and, and the only the only part of the whole email—and it's very minute, but just for the sake of it— when the emailer says um, he was aware that she was married and then they invited him to hang out up at the bar— Maybe I'm off the mark on this, but wouldn't that be a tell? Yeah. Am I off on that? I mean, this isn't happening to me. Right. Anna Marie, I'll be this attractive lady who bartends has asked me to go up there and talk with her husband. Right. I'll be back. So if the fact now, I'm, of course, I'm not single. So maybe I'm not, you know, thinking in the mindset.
3: Well, it's the fact the thing that makes it interesting is that he befriended the wife first, was talking with her. And then she invites him up to meet the husband. If he had met the husband first and had conversated with him and they've got a like, hey, my girlfriend's up here or my wife's up here. Like, come have a beer with us. That – and that's probably just, you know, our ingrained gender roles essentially that, you know, you can be friends with a guy platonically and go hang out and then meet his wife and everything's cool. But the other way around is more taboo in a sense, um, which is an interesting – study in a sense but it is that's the interesting part is they befriended the wife first and then she invited him up to meet with the husband i'd like
1: to know if she is going to do girl girl for him because he said he's got more stories to come
3: yeah and you know the tats the piercings I,
1: you're on the same page as me sir welcome free, to the page the free spirit you just gotta feel like that's coming and that's kind of what, if, if I can make a request to the DJ, <laughs> I'd well, like to hear what's doing there. I mean, you have all the sex you want with her. It sounds like everybody's happy, the husband, the wife, you. That's great. But in order to make at least one of the hosts of this podcast happy, I'd prefer some sapphic yeah. play. And both Jackson and I believe it, it might be around the
3: corner. If you want if you want this pilot to get picked up, yeah, you exactly. got to throw a new wrinkle into yeah, the story. We need that,
1: that, that, we need that to happen. Mm. You, do you believe the story is true?
3: Yes. Yes. Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah. I, I, Did you believe
1: the story before I showed you the picture? Yeah, I mean, the picture could have been anybody. Hell, I don't know if the picture's real. To be fair, yeah,
3: I, I guess I'm more optimistic in a sense that the stories that come into whether it be TMA or this podcast are true.
1: Yeah, I agree. I feel like I, of course, of course, I think that I can sniff out the ones that are not real. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this this one strikes, strikes me, me is is legitimate. I don't know if it meets the definition of hotwifing, but then again, like the definition of cuck, I'm not sure what.
3: I this know. sounds
1: like it's an open marriage to me.
3: Yeah, that's exactly. But then at the
1: same time, I don't know the exact definition of hotwifing and cucking, and open marriage, and polyamory, and swinging. They're all these. They're all from one tree, the Bill Walsh coaching tree. Yeah. But I don't know. You know.
3: Where where the. The branches jump right. out. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that because And I, like if
1: Anna Marie and I decided to have an open marriage, it'd be so one sided. You know, like I can have the open marriage, but nobody's knocking on my door. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'm 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 just out in the woods by myself here. <laughs> well, I am available. That's fine. No one's interested. Right. It's yeah, yeah, there's gotta be some reciprocation. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a line around the block and I'm just like, oh, I guess I'll go get White Castle and watch the Lakers game.
3: It's like it's like when two uh, movie stars are <laughs> signing pictures next to each other in the line, is forty feet long right. for one person. There's no one in the other right. one. You're like, shit. Yeah. I guess I know my rank in the right. pecking order. Yeah, here. I'm, I'm
1: well aware of the the situation. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm 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 thrilled that it sounds like everybody's happy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if team. she. It'd be interesting if she could chime in.
3: I'd love to hear from her. I know.
1: Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. To hear what, because I'd like to know what the arrangement is and like the complications, if there are. Maybe everybody's just cool with it. I don't know. I'm just trying to picture, like, I just, you know, I mean, it's certain when you have children, it takes it to a whole nother level. So I'm now going into like a fantasy land. But how that actually would work. Yeah. And now like if I, I said to Anne Marie like hey I'm going out on a date tonight I know you know you got the kids I will be having sex with this stranger I met <laughs> I should be home by midnight
3: right yeah that's a uh, that would be I'm just trying to
1: think like how does this actually play out I'd Like to be a fly on the wall the um
3: the so much of like what especially sexually like so much of that comes at birth or when you're really young and you develop like that's how things Happen so like I think a lot of people when they hear this would be like oh man that would be a cool relationship to have to have like an open relationship which
1: with. is why I'm like trying to go into okay let's how would the practice actually work right opposed because, to just the idea
3: right because I think a lot of people in I yeah in practice think like oh that sounds like good but like once it comes like push comes to shove like are you actually right. okay with this? right because you can only find out one way yes indeed and so like you know and I think a lot of people would love to say that they are they are but like. If that's not who you are, like, you can't necessarily change that, and that's okay, but you have to be able to communicate right. that. Yeah. Like, if one per- party's super into it and you're not reciprocating their enthusiasm, you have to be able to communicate All that. hell could break loose. Otherwise, it, you're doing yourself a disservice.
1: Based on the fact that this guy's like, yeah, I'm going home and going to bed, it didn't sound like it's this was their them. first rodeo.
3: No, no, I don't think he's
1: seen that that's, that's my read. Again, we're operating, we only got the story from the emailer, but- operating on the premise that all of that was true. Again, I'm a little skeptical of her and her husband invited me up to the bar and he knew that she was married, that he couldn't in the back of his mind wonder something. I mean, are you right on that? You'd have to. It was flirtatious first meeting,
3: which is fine. God bless America.
1: You go into it thinking,
3: well, there's a chance to hear something, but the percentage is higher that there isn't. If you operate on there, you can't be disappointed.
1: I honestly, like, hey, listen, to each their own. You always have said, Jackson, this is a sex positive podcast that does not kink shame.
3: With my second tenet.
1: you're right. That if if you're get if you're like you know you had this flirtatious relationship with this girl who's you're attracted to, mm-hmm. and Jackson and I can confirm that she is fit. Yep. Uh, that my husband is going to be up there. I got to be honest with you. I'm thinking either this is a gentleman who may be interested in. Yeah. Sharing, or passing along, or penetrating me. Oh, see, you didn't think about it, but you got to take yourself. You already know the story now. Yeah, I guess. You gotta... But now it's like, okay, this is clearly a dynamic between me and her. Now her husband's there. They're not inviting me up. Like, hey, my husband's here. I like you to meet him. We actually have a relationship where we have an open or whatever the hell they yeah. have. Right. This is hey, it's just my husband hanging out at the bar with me. Do you want to come up and have a drink with us?
3: Yeah. There's a lot of situations play See out. What I'm saying? Mind. Yeah, and I guess I didn't think about the, the last one. And, that, and if yes. you're going to play out one situation, you got to play out
1: That's of all. That's the thing. We can't. These always aren't necessarily. I mean, it, it sounds like, and based on the image, he right now is running like Phil Ivey. Yeah. Which is wonderful. But we now know the result, or at least the current result.
3: Yeah. I'm anti-car sex, by the way. They said something about they went to the take. just Nice just, take. If you have the option.
1: Yeah, I've done it. I did it outside of a strip bar in Hilton Head. Wow. Uh, and the fact that there was a strip bar in Hilton Head. That, kind of I mean, that actually surprises me. Yeah. Um,
3: but, you know, people like it no matter where you are.
1: Right. Well, when I'm involved. <laughs> and, uh, and it isn't the most comfortable. But, hey, yeah. in this case, I guess, you know, I don't, I don't know. Here's what I need. I need. I need her to email in. And if they don't mind, and maybe the husband, too. Explain what their situation is. I'd be, cur- I'm legitimately curious. And then I would also like them to engage in the less popular MFF. And I would like uh, a wonderful email about that. If I can make requests, I don't know if I can make requests, but I'm making yeah. requests.
3: And my last thing on the car sex, and I'll move on with this quickly definitely not a sedan. Like, if you, if you can,
1: I think cr- I did a minivan.
3: Yeah, oh, perfect. Yeah, that that's a at a different strip point. bar. That's a different thing in Hilton Head. Yeah, but there's a lot of questions I could ask yep. the minivan. But uh, never mind. Yeah, I don't know. I I have no but idea. Definitely not a sedan. For the record, it's certainly
1: not a coupe. For the record, because I'm sure now, with people and see this is the thing. I I know what the truth is, and I'm just saying things, and then I am, imagine people going, "Oh, wow, this took place three months ago." Oh, now. No. Because why else would I have a minivan? And it actually <laughs> it be did take a while. Yeah, you're right. And I just borrowed their car. I borrowed their minivan to go, Fucking. it. Hey,
3: I'm going to the strip club. Can I use your minivan? I'm going to the strip
1: There's a strip club. Where's the strip club? Are you going to Atlanta? No, no. There's one right here on the island. Yeah, it's next to the donut shop. Yeah. What, next to the mini golf courses? Yes, that's where it is. Uh, All right, it's time for us to shut it down. What a wonderful, I mean, an award-winning. I think this might be an award winner. Yeah. Send yours to whatever the hell we talked about. Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been The Tim McKernan Show from the studio.
0: To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health.